And now, ladies and gentlemen, the show that makes your budgies bounce with health, but does nothing for human beings, round the horn. Who is Sylvia? What is she? Whatever became of baby Jane? How much is that doggy in the window? The one with the waggly tail? What is it that's got four wheels and flies all round? These are only a few of the things you won't find out in the next half hour. As we take you round the horn. Hello again, and here are the answers to last week's questions. First, the odd man out. Well, that was, of course, Robin Day. All the others swell up in water. (laughs) (laughs) Question two, the where do you stick it question. Well, the answer was, of course, in the family album. (laughs) Although I would have accepted on the wall, but not up the spout, because it gets a... It gets covered in fluff that way. Now, question three came in five parts. The answers were over the waves, under the bed, between two slices of toast, across the Alamo, and up the Edgware Road as far as the Trappist menswear boutique, and then ask again. (laughs) Finally, they complete the following quotation question. Well, the quotation was, hark, hark, the dogs do. (laughs) Well, now, a pedestrian of Chatham... I realise the dogs do. You can't stop them, Mert. It's in their nature. Nevertheless, the answer is bark, and anything else that dogs do is a matter for the borough council. And you jolly well ask them to hark. Anyway, your suggestion doesn't rhyme. Um... <laughs> Smith, would you announce the next section of this grim farrago? Certainly, sir. Housewives, is your horse red and unsightly? (laughs) Has he the fetlocks you love to touch? No, then give him Dobbyroid, the magic horse rejuvenator with the soft, chewy (laughs) centre. Feed your horse on Dobbyroids, Dobbyroids, Dobbyroids. I've warned you about introducing commercials into the show. I need the money, sir. I I want things. I need things. Things the other announcers have got. Look at Alvar Liddell. He's got a pair of underpants with the names of drinks on them. (laughs) I want a pair like that. Is, is that just vanity and pomp, sir? No, of course not, Smith. I, I understand. No, you don't. Nobody <laughs> understands. <laughs> Look at MacDonald Hobley. We went to a nonsense school together. Look at the way he's got on. You see him on television turning up his nose at people who use... <laughs> it's all very well for him. I can't even afford... <laughs> I have to shave with a... <clears throat> <laughs> what on earth, sir? <clears throat> Well, it's a... Uh, it's gone rusty. <laughs> oh, it's, it's too much. I, I can't go on. Yeah, well, somebody's got to make the announcement. Ken, Ken, be a good chap. Be a good chap? Oh, I should, Coco. Oh, I should, Coco, Jackie. I'm not a common announcer. I'm a trained thespian. <laughs> yes, I was trained. You wouldn't ask Dame Edith to do an announcement, would you? <laughs> Where are the football results? <laughs> Leave Division 1, Arsenal 3, West Bromwich Albion 4. Wouldn't go up to her and ask her to be a good chap. No, ducky, it's just not on. You see, I'm not functional. No, I'm decorative. <laughs> 
Ask Patrie. Ask him. It's not particular what he does. Bill. <laughs> You'll help us out, won't you? Oh, yes, Mr. Horns. Oh. I'm not too proud. Yes. Yes, I'll do it for you, sir. The likes of me is beholden to the likes of you. You're a gentleman, sir. Ah, good luck, sir. Bless you, sir. It has been a bad year up Bleak Acre Farm. The sheep's gone dry and a cow won't lay. And now, Hutch. Oh, Pertwee, Pertwee. Oh, all right. And now, Kenneth Horne, Master Spy. Thank My lean brown body scythed into the limpid blue water. <laughs> I turned over on my back and floated lazily, and then, adjusting my snorkel, I plunged below the surface. Suddenly, I saw it coming towards me a killer shark. I slipped off the safety catch of my harpoon and pulled the trigger. The deadly trident cleaved through the water and buried its fangs in the hide of the monster. I was safe. I could breathe easily again. I surfaced, pulled out the plug and got out of the bath. <laughs> As the water gurgled down the plug hole, it left a ring. I answered it immediately. Hello. Hello. This is your friendly neighbourhood spy here. Oh, Mr Horn. Thank heavens you're there. Sob, sob, gasp, gasp. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in terrible, terrible trouble. Gulp, gulp, sob, gasp. I'm in the apartment opposite. Will you come across? The drop of a hat. <laughs> but right now, right now, Mr. Horn, I'm desperate. I came home five minutes ago to find my father, the well-known atomic scientist, missing. The butler and maid dead. And the chauffeur has disappeared. Why are you phoning me? Well, you know how bored you can get on your own. <laughs> I thought a bit of company would be nice. I'll be over immediately. I thought you'd never get here. I'm Dr. Sigmund Ayer's daughter, Frida. Free to my friends. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see. Free air. Yes, but you have to buy four gallons. The authors wish to thank the publishers of the Occult Gazette and the Amateur Fishmonger in which that joke first appeared in 1900. <laughs> but back to the... <laughs> you'll excuse the expression... Plot. Now, Mr. Horne, I think my father has been kidnapped by a certain unnamed foreign power which we cannot name called Russia. <laughs> Thereafter, his nuclear-powered remote control guided banana... Oh, they must not get it. Only you can stop them. She raised a tear-stained face to me on the end of a pole. <laughs> she was lovely but wanton, but I knew that if I had my way, she wouldn't be wanton long. <laughs> she kissed me and fanned my ardour. I returned, the... <laughs> I returned the kiss, fanning her ardour. Then... Then she spoke her voice, a husky whimper of entreaty. Would you mind fanning me a bit harder? It's hot. <laughs> I caressed that swan-like neck. I stroked that cute, tip-tilted little nose, and I ran my fingers through that luxuriant, silky hair. She spoke again. Stop fiddling with yourself and pay some attention to me! 
I pulled her roughly towards me in my bronze, sinewy arms and pressed my cruel lips against her. Uh, 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 Smith? Yes, sir? Draw a veil over what transpires next, will you? <laughs> Certainly, sir. That evening found Master Spy Horn at MI5 headquarters being briefed. Oh, there you are, Horn. You are now briefed and a very nice they look on you, too. <laughs> now... About the missing physicist, I have reason to believe he's been kept prisoner by stench in East Berlin. It's going to be a tough assignment. Two days later, Master Spy Horn made contact with his opposite number at Checkpoint Charlie. Horn, MI5. Fritz Wolfgang von Slatschenhofen, Grunwald and Harberstadt, American CIA. I shall want some help over the wall into East Berlin. That's what I'm here for. Okay, synchronize your watch with mine. 2300 hours. Right. Siegfried and out. Shouldn't that be Roger? No, Roger is drunk. <laughs> you can rely on secret. Right. You ready to go over the wall? Good. Climb on my shoulders. <clears throat> there. Still can't reach. All right, stay where you are. I'll climb on your shoulders. <laughs> there. Here. Hang on a minute. What are we both standing on? Picked a fine time to bring that up. Yes. Well, now, how do I get into East Berlin now? There are several ways. You can tunnel your way under the wall, sneak through disguise as an old apple woman. It's an old trick, but it might just not work. You can dynamite your way in, you can bulldoze your way through with a tank, or you can go on the tram like everyone else does. <laughs> now then, there's an all-day spying excursion leaving tomorrow morning. Go on that, but... Be back before midnight or else you have to pay six fenix extra. <laughs> Once in East Berlin, I headed for a bar called the Pig Dog und Whistle. Where I knew I could pick up some information. The barmaid, a buxom Rhine maiden, brought me a beer stein and plonked it down on the beer stein uh, tablecloth. Ooh. You are a stranger here. What do you want, mine hair? Well, your hair, anybody's hair. Please, please, that is good. You want to buy Americano cigarette? Hmm? You are looking perhaps for a little female company? Well, actually, I'm looking for a nuclear physicist. It will be difficult, but I fix. Come, follow me. She led me down some steps and through a door into what looked like a garage. Suddenly, I realized too late. It was a trap. Before me stood my adversary, the head of stench, Dr. Chu N. Ginsberg. Ah, Horn. Ah, Chu. Bless you. Aha, welcome return of old joke. Yes. I, I thought we'd heard the last of that one. Not knowing our writers. Look at this script. Aha, 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 aha. And on for pages. Rubbish, utter rubbish. They, they won't service me, Ducky. I've asked them. I've pleaded with them. I want servicing, I say. You see? It's your fault. I'm sure you let them get away with any old tripe. They've never had it so good. Never had it so good, those two. Before they come on this show, they never had it at all. <laughs> it's true, I... I mean, look what they've written, just maudlin, sentimental twaddle. Listen to this. Marty and me are starving in a cellar in Westbourne Grove. <laughs> I mean, these good people in the audience don't want to hear that. They, they want to be taken out of themselves. There's enough misery in the world without two compelled men adding to it. 
Oh, I think I'll make the rest up as I go along. Sort of instant Kenneth Williams. <laughs> Just add an egg, right eyes down for a full flash finish. All right, Chewan Ginsberg, what have you done with the nuclear physicist and the atomic banana? Ah, yes, the atomic... The what? <laughs> the atomic banana. Now, pay attention, Williams. It was on page 15. I don't remember it. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I must have slipped that one in while I was at the back having my sandwiches. <laughs> Atomic banana, is it? Ooh. They've hit a new low this week, haven't they? <laughs> yes, Mr Hahn, I have the nuclear physicist here. I have Blaine washed him. And now I am going to Blaine wash you. Blaine? Blaine. <laughs> As in chill. <laughs> You see this machine over here? Giant new automatic five-minute blain wash. Only 12 and 6. Well, I'm sorry, I haven't got any change. Foiled blast! <laughs> I see, as in brass furnace. <laughs> Precisely. But still have one flick up my sleeve. With summon loveliest of all my concubines, Lotus Blossom. <laughs> yes, oh mighty droopy drawn. <laughs> No respect. Modern girls, all the same. All right, darling. Mr. Horner must not be allowed to escape. You know what to do. Give him the old one-two. Right. One, two. Keep your sunny side up. Up. Hide the side against in fun at Clacton, you heard Dame Sibyl Thorndike and the Yardbirds, Tito, Silly Thing, Gobby, Elf and Lynn Lunt, Gordianistically Yours, and Bobby Bojangles Heffman, Taps in Temper. Hitting the high notes were Otto Klemperer and the Tiger Raffamuffins. And striking a blue note was yours truly, Felix Daft as a brush, Elmer, who joins the boys and girls in vain. <laughs> And now it's goodbye, Clacton, and hello, the Fraser Hayes Four, who are going to sing a track from their new LP, Pinky and Perky, live at Smithfield. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Four. I like to be fancy free, I like to live young, I like your merry-go-round. I like to play lover, but don't like to get stung, I like my two feet on the ground. I may date a girl lightly and kiss her politely, but will she get under my skin? Well, my friends, it all depends on the mood I'm in. I like to hear opera or I like to rejoice. I'm not the predictable kind. Whatever the option is, whatever the choice, I like to make up my own the choice were to break up or kiss her and make up, I'll try not to leave with my chin. Well, my friend. 
part of the show that keeps you up to date with what today's people are doing. Trends. Our first trendy people in the studio with us today, we have celebrated society and show business astrologer, Morris Woodrot. Greetings, especially to those born under the sign of Scorpio, Sagittarius and Pisces. Yes, well, now, you've made some absolutely amazing predictions in the past, Mr. Woodrock. Uh, yes, that is quite so. Last year, I prophesied the actual date on which Christmas would fall. Uh, eight months before the actual event. And, you know, I was only one day out. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Uh, no, not really, no. I'm gifted with a second side. For instance, it was me who forecast that Colin Jordan would not be the next chief rabbi. <laughs> I also stated quite definitely that George Brown would not be England's first woman prime minister. Well, now, would you care to stick your neck out and make a personal prediction uh, about me, for instance? Uh, well, let me see now. You're Pisces, aren't you? Yes. A sudden surprise is in store for you, as a result of which you will have to take immediate and drastic action. And this will all take place in just about ten seconds. How can you be sure? Just slipped a ferret down your trousers. <laughs> Trends in music. Today we are delighted. Well, perhaps delighted is an understatement. We are horrified to welcome back that doyen of folk singers, rambling Sid Rumpo. Wow. Follow me, dearie, for I'll wordle me scroop till the grusset man comes. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you do that, yes. But where have you been rambling lately? Well, after I got my last golden disco, I felt I had to throw off the trammels of urban civilization and get back to the essential rudiments, the simple necessities. Well, like what? 
this bird I got in Saint-Tropez. <laughs> I have been rummaging in my gander bag for a ditty with which to gladden your old hero, and I'm going to sing you a very picturesque and amusing old country song. It tells the story of an orangutan who would a wooing go. <laughs> so off he goes in his best top hat, singing, Dingle me dandle, follow me leader, rumple stiltskin hey-ho, gammon and spinach. <laughs> But that doesn't make sense. No, but you must admit it's not bad for an orangutan. <laughs> and, and, then he, and then he comes to old Mrs. Errol's door and he says to her, Oh, Mrs. Errol, I would fain take you for my wife. Only Mrs. Errol don't want to know him. Not surprising, really. I mean, an orangutan in a top hat is not much of a bargain. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so off he goes again, hippity-hoppity, gammon and spinach, and he proposes to old Mrs. Pussycat. Oh, no, please don't go on. The thought of what the children would look like is... Yeah, they might look a trifle bizarro, but they wouldn't half keep the mice down. <laughs> Anyway, me deario, he tries them on, but they all say him nay. So he runs away to sea in a sieve. <laughs> and, of course, he drowns. <laughs> but as he goes down for the third time, he sings... Now all you gay bachelors, listen to me. Dingle, dangle, gammon and spinny. Never get wet if you want to stay free With a dingle dangle riddle me posset <laughs> I'll wallow me gammon and rattle me splee Splee Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I think I've rattled it <laughs> oil it, shouldn't you? <laughs> Thank you, Rambling Sid. Thank you. Not at all. And we all look forward to what we hope will be your next record, the Rambling Sid Rumpo Memorial Album. <laughs> and now, live from London, if you call that living, the Seamus Android Show. Tonight, Seamus's guests are Lord Genghis Wilkinson, the well-known dancing cloakroom attendant, Lorita <laughs> E. Elf with Clarissa, the performing centipod, and Sid Judd, the Bishop of Tel Aviv. <laughs> and now, here is your host, Seamus Android. Well, now, hello and welcome. Now, our first guest was come here personally to be here himself, now in person. <laughs> Away from the pub next door, shy, bespectacled ex Smithfield Porter, now star of films like the Ipswich Foil, Michael Bain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the show, shy, bespectacled ex Smithfield Porter. Now, you've come a long way from your beginnings in the East End, Michael. Has it changed you at all? No, see, I mean, we're all living under the shadow of the bomb, aren't we? I mean. <laughs> Futile struggling, it won't get you anywhere. At least that's what I tell all the birds I lumber back to my flat. And you have quite a reputation. 
You have quite a reputation with women, haven't you? You're constantly being seen in smart night spots with models and Fulham stars and the like. Yeah. Well, it takes your mind off living under the shadow of the bomb, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, today, you yourself are a big star, personally. Uh, how do you find it? I just snap my fingers and they come running, don't I? <laughs> My next guest is lovely ageing film star Miss Jaja Poltergeist. Uh, welcome back on the show, Jaja. Hello, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, it is my pleasure. That's what I heard, darling. Uh, yes. Well, uh, yes, well, all right. Now, uh, now, uh, Michael and I have just been discussing marriage. No, we haven't. We're talking about birds. And, uh, <laughs> and, Jaja, we'd like to know what you think are the qualities of the perfect wife. Uh, no, don't show us. Just tell us. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, I think she should be a woman. Mm. How true those words are even today. <laughs> And she should take an interest in her husband's business. I do. About 75% generally. Now, this is something you should know about, because I believe you've been married several times. How many exactly? Well, after the last recount, darling, it came out at 84. But there was no liberal standing. <laughs> I, I divorced my last husband yesterday. And now you're free? Reasonable. <laughs> well, thank you, Jar Jar, and good luck with it. <laughs> now, we've got a surprise for you because sitting up there, we've got some of your ex husbands. What? In the audience? Uh, they are the audience. <laughs> All right. All right, now, our last guest tonight is a Hollywood film director, Daryl F. Klapanger. Oh, hello. Well, hello, Daryl. Uh, hello yourself, Buster. Sashay your fat can out of here. And let a man hug the camera. <laughs> well, now, now you accorded... Go back to my place after the show. Drinks after the show, okay. Now, you accorded a saying recently that you were going to make specialized films for the overseas market. That's right, yes. Uh, would you like to elucidate? Don't give me them $10 words, Mac. You're <laughs> just as ignorant as I am. I double G N U R R E N T ignorant. And I'm proud of it. I'm a simple homespun small town boy who's made good. I'm part of the American dream. The part you have just before you wake up screaming. <laughs> is that funny or is that funny? <laughs> boy, I'm a riot. R Y E T. All right. All right. Yeah. All right, now. What sort of pictures are these that you're making? Well, my boy, a whole new market in the Middle East. I'm remaking big pictures, especially for showing in Israel. Oh, how do you mean exactly? Well, for instance, we're remaking the Yellow Rose of Texas. We're going to call it Yellow Mose of Texas. <laughs> and we're redoing some of the other classics, Murray Poppins. Uh, 
How gold is green was my valley. Marvelous idea we had never on Saturday. <laughs> but my biggest is going to be an adaptation of Ian Fleming's Thunderball. We're calling that Matzo Ball. <laughs> we got David Kossoff playing R.E.R.E. 7. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure we could go on talking all night if only I could think of something to say. <laughs> But before I sign off, I have a postcard here from a viewer who makes a very interesting suggestion. But in spite of that, I'll be back next week. And who says television is killing conversation, eh? That sort of conversation is killing television. Well, that brings us to the end of our show, except for the hangover question, which is, whatever was I doing dancing naked in the fountain in Trafalgar Square last night? Answers, please, to my solicitors. Gross Harbour. <laughs> Gross Harbour, Gross Harbour, Landlast and Gladys. <laughs> Cell Block 3, Dartmoor. Cheerio, see you next week. This show came to you by the courtesy of Dobbyroid's Magic Horse Rejuvenators. I like a horse who likes me enough to give me a Dobbyroid. Buy one for <laughs> Appearing in it were Kenneth Horne with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman and the show is produced by John Simmons.